Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 48. Today we're talking news, a big CSGO update, Astralis Windblast Pro Istanbul, Mouse Sports win ESL1 New York, Vitality unveil a new French team, Renegades make roster changes, and Fnatic sign Twist. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. This is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the truth? The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like? So before we jump into the news, just a little update on the gambling episode. It's definitely in the canon. It's all finished. It's all ready to go. Um... There was just so much news in between that episode and the last episode. I thought it was best to just do a little catch up here on what's been going on. I think there are quite a few listeners who um, are using the podcast as a sort of a source of keeping tabs on the scene. And so I'm mindful of just being up to date with uh, what's going on. Not everybody, especially if you've got kids, can be checking HLTV regularly or watching the matches. So let's get into it. Um, so this was the biggest update for a while in CSGO. And the, probably the biggest change they made was adjusting the start of the half economy with the goal of reducing the impact of a pistol round win on subsequent rounds by bringing the loss bonus forward by one round. So just to explain that a little bit better, uh, it means that if you lose the first pistol round, you get an extra $500. So instead of now of only getting 1400 after losing the pistol round, you get 1900 And the next match, you get an extra 500 as well. So what this means is that we'll see less games where a team sort of just wins the pistol than the next two rounds really easily and the game doesn't really get competitive until the fourth round which is potentially a very good thing uh, i sometimes watch highlights of the matches if i've missed a particular match and it'll show you the pistol round and then just cut to the fourth round because nothing of note happened in the intervening two rounds so hopefully we'll see more competition going on spread more evenly across the the maps whether that's a good thing or not i'm not sure i've gotten quite used to the idea that uh, a team you know the the chance of a team winning the round after losing the pistol is quite low but it did add an element of excitement when they were able to do that and um and of course it's uh, it's it's a great way to tilt the the enemy team if you can win that round um, changes have also been made to the CZ75 and the Tech 9. These guys were very imbalanced since the nerfing of the Tech 9, and um, in particular. And uh, <clears throat> the way they've done this, the way they've even this out a little bit more, is just nerfing a bit of the CZ's ability to be effective at spraying and making it more viable for long range tapping. And the Tech 9 has sort of been unnerfed a little with the accuracy and the recovery of the accuracy improved. The SG553 and the AUG are now both slightly cheaper, although not by that much, but they are still more expensive than the AK and the M4. And if, like me, you kind of stopped using those guns a long while ago, perhaps you might uh, reconsider them. I find the only problem with them is that uh, I really don't know how to, to, to spray with them at long range, to even tap with them at long range. Um, and so it always takes me an extra second to zoom in, and by that point, I'm often dead. I think if you want to see someone playing uh, quite well with an SG, you might want to look at Chris J. He was using it in their recent matches at Star Series, and uh, dude takes fights without a scope in, in mid on Mirage. Uh, and he does it quite well, so check that out. Uh, Austria has been added to competitive matchmaking, and two new community maps have been added, Biome and Sub-Zero. They're now available in casual, but um, I uh, look no longer playing CSGO, at least for the moment. 
which is bizarre because this uh, podcast did start out as a player's perspective podcast. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think of Austria. Let me know. Um, and let me know about Biome and Sub-Zero too. I might have to do um, a little bit of uh, Googling and watch people playing them just so I get to know them. But uh, let me know. Canals has been removed from competitive, which uh, I'm not sad to see go. And um, there's also been a new function uh, which Valve have called VOIP Positional Audio Setting whereby in-game voice audio will be played from the position the player is standing at. So I guess what this means is that uh, if someone's screaming at you, you know, uh, uh, there's two coming at me, you might have a better idea of where they are from where the voice is coming at. The only issue with this might be that let's say you're at um, ramp on nuke and the other four members of your team are back uh, outside and you're on CT side. You might have potentially four people's voices in one ear, which I don't know what that's going to do for your legibility. I guess they were all coming from the the center before, but it might just be very, very annoying, especially if you're continually facing in one direction away from your teammates. <laughs> um, but, but on the other hand, it may be more useful with that function as well. Let me know what you think. And that said, let's move on to Blast Pro Istanbul. If you recall last episode, the two uh, tournaments that were coming up were Blast Pro Istanbul and ESO One New York. We'll start with Blast Pro. Australis won that. They beat MIBR in a best of three, which was a nice sort of flip from last year's result. And this was a much more exciting best of three than we saw at the major. Device ended up being the MVP of the tournament. Um, and Nip came in third and Space Soldiers came in fourth. And if you recall, I was talking about this this uh, tournament perhaps being a bit of a chance at revenge, chance at redemption for Ninjas in Pajamas, who were only narrowly beaten by Australis in their uh, group stages at um, the Major. And also for Space Soldiers, who were playing with a coach at the Major. Unfortunately, they weren't able to overcome the seemingly resurging power of the Brazilian core on the MIBR squad and also the continuing dominance of Australis. It does seem to have evolved so far beyond the other teams that um, even even you know uh, one week in between tournaments isn't enough for the other teams to sort of catch up. Um, as a viewer experience, Blast Pro was again this year quite tough to watch, with three matches being played simultaneously at times, and it was a bit difficult to know which <laughs> which one to watch, especially when there's some of your favourite teams uh, in both of those matches. Um, ESO One New York then was happening really at a similar time as well it was kind of all, all too much at once i got a bit burnt out i was already burnt out from the major to be honest with you but um this was won by mouse sports and a brilliant best of five final against liquid and if you're just tuning in to counter-strike scene and haven't been um, following it for a while or perhaps you haven't watched any matches for six months this is definitely the finals that you should go out and find on youtube and hunt down I think uh, the teams were fairly evenly matched in a way. Um, you had the resurging form of Liquid, the sort of rising cohesion of that team and the incredible form that players like Twists have been on in the last six months. Uh, he actually was the MVP of this this game. You have, yeah, anyway, you have that rising form of Liquid versus the sort of... Um, uh, X factor of some of the players on Mouse Sports and the, the long time that team have been together, I guess. And you, you come up with the, this matchup, which is actually really, really, really good. Uh, the player everyone's going to remember, I think, even though the MVP was Twists, uh, was the last two 
uh, rounds on Mirage. You, if, you, if you've checked into Reddit once in the last, you know, month or so, you will have seen it because it was pretty nuts. It was a, a, a five-man orb ace from Chris J on the A site on Mirage. And the round afterwards as well was actually <laughs> probably would have been a highlight in and of itself were it not overshadowed by the round before. So um, that was pretty exciting to watch. And this tournament was also going to be a re- bit of redemption for a few teams. Navi had the chance to get a bit of revenge. Liquid had the chance to get a bit of revenge. FaZe also did. And G2, as I said in the last step, they were sort of... This was their chance to show us that um, the preparation for the major was not... Uh, you know, had just not stopped at the major and was con- continuing to evolve. Unfortunately, both Navi and G2 bombed out at 1-2, one win and two losses. And FaZe came in dead last, tied with Fnatic bombing out 0-2, which was rather a reverse result from winning it last year. Overall, I think um, <clears throat> these two tournaments made up for the lack of excitement in the major. They were both uh, crowned by some fairly exciting uh, finals. Unfortunately for me... I was just a bit burnt out, as I mentioned, by the major. I uh, am used to putting out an episode every one and a half weeks. That's my average for this podcast. And I decided to take on an episode a week for each three weeks of the major. I can't do that in future. I just do not have the time in my life. But um, it was nice to have these tournaments afterwards because (laughs) it, uh, well, it reinvigorates one, does it not? Um, Having been burnt out by what actually was ultimately a fairly uneventful major purely by um, following all the games it was nice to actually see some good stuff without actually caring too much about following all of them anyway let's move on to vitality who have signed a new french team So Vitality, a French organization, have announced the signing of five new players to a brand spanking new CSGO roster. We've got Apex, NBK, Happy, RPK, and Zaiwu. Now, of course, some of these players will not be new to you. If they are, however, it's worth noting that Apex, NBK, and Happy have actually previously won a major back in 2015. I think that was Clusion of Poker. And uh, RPK would be familiar to you if you've been following the French scene recently because he was putting up some very good numbers on Envious, despite the team not really having uh, a good run recently. He was looking more solid than the rest of them. Zai Wu is the sort of up-and-coming talent on this team. He's 17. He was just playing for a, a, uh, a team called AAA. And he's currently holding a rating of 1.32. So he is the superstar. People are calling him the new Kenny S. And... Um, that's kind of he's going to be the wild card hopefully on this team. MBK is going to be the IGL, and um, the the coach is a guy called Faculty. Now I didn't know anything about Faculty. I had to look him up and a little bit of a little bit of research for you guys. Uh, Faculty actually was a player back in 2010 in 1.6. <clears throat> he's also a French guy. In the meantime, after sort of quitting the scene back then, he has written a book on sports management, including a section on esports and Counter Strike. So the guy's been doing some homework, especially uh, he's especially interested in soccer management. Um, so the soccer Counter Strike, uh, how should I say it, connection continues with this guy. He actually got 
involved in this team when uh, Envious was looking to replace Malik, their coach at the time. I think it was about six months ago. He stepped in and said, I'd like to do it. And he actually said in this interview with uh, Vakam.net that he got in touch with Envious because he really wanted to coach Happy. (laughs) I don't know why he would particularly want to coach Happy, but anyway, there you go. That's what he wanted to do. And uh, like Zonic, I I guess we're going to see him bring a lot of uh, coaching techniques from the sports world. And I actually think that he is probably the most exciting thing about this team because, like I said, some of the players are old. Yes, I was looking good, but he's a bit untested yet. Having a coach who's coming from the outside with some sports management uh, techniques, I think is probably or could be what differentiates this team from, say, the other French teams like G2 who are currently struggling a lot. Uh, The last thing I will say about this team, um, well, I guess I should... You know what? Why don't I just give you a little bit of background on Vitality because, like me, you might not know what they are. They're actually a French organization who've been around since 2013. They have a lot of other teams in esports like uh, Call of Duty, um, League of Legends. But this is their very first Counter-Strike team. And uh, Vitality were formed by just two French dudes, two French mates, just two French bros, Nicolas Moret and Fabien David. And um, apparently some of the big news recently is that they've managed to buy themselves a spot in the League of Legends circuit for $9 million. So they're not sure to cash these boys. Anyway, the last thing I, yeah, the last thing I will mention about this uh, Vitality team is that Happy, <coughs> okay, Vincent Schopenhauer, I think it is, uh, is looking more and more like Paul Simon with glasses on a daily basis. If you don't believe me, check him out online. Uh, let's move on to the Renegades. Now the Renegades. <laughs> the Renegades. Uh, last episode, we talked a little bit about Nifty and how being the IGL, um, I could not see this team going sort of further than they're already gone. And um, I guess, was I correct? In the assumption I was correct, then luckily enough for Renegades, they have parted ways with Nifty and he has moved to another team, Envious. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, but also, I guess the, the changes really began when Eustillo was benched from this team. Now, Eustillo, as you might remember from uh, the interview I did with him, obviously he's a lobster. And uh, also, he was sort of bemoaning the lack of uh, plaudits that uh, he would get as an entry fragger. The dude did not get an easy time of it from the analysts and the community. He was doing a lot of the dirty work. In fact, he was doing the dirty work for two and a half years on Renegades. That's a long tenure. And um, I actually have no idea where he would end up now. I think NA isn't really short of uh, entry fraggers. And so we might see him come home to roost, maybe uh, slot into one of the uh, sort of tier two Australian teams like, uh, I don't know, Order, perhaps, Greyhound. Um Anyway, it's sad to see him go, but I think he'll end up on a team. Uh, and the Renegades have now added Liaz and Gratisfaction. Gratisfaction, we'll start with him. His name is Sean Kaiwai. I think that's how you pronounce it. I want to say Kawaii, but I know it's not spelled like that. He's a Kiwi. He's an NZ, uh, NZ boy, New Zealand. Uh, he's ex-Greyhound, and the Greyhound have replaced him with a young lad called Sterling from Legacy, about whom I know nothing. Uh, before that, uh, Gratisfaction was playing for Immunity, Corvidae, Atletico, 
it, basically he slept around with every team in Australia, like like most of the players seem to do, actually. It just seems to be this kind of constantly revolving figure of eight between all the teams in the scene. Uh, anyway, Gratisfaction is going to be the new Orpa. Now, Liaz, uh, a.k.a. J. Trigilgas, I actually have no idea how to pronounce that name, but I, I, I assume it's pronounced Trigilgas or Trigilgas. Uh, he is ex-Order, ex-Kings, ex-Tainted, ex-Atletico, and he comes with the rep of being the hardest fragger and highest rated player on Order. So, <clears throat> I don't know uh, who's going to be doing the support in this team. Um, perhaps JKM. Anyway, not sure. He's um, been replaced by the 16-year-old Zef from Avant on Order. Uh, I also know nothing about uh, Avant, but the guy's 16. So, anything could happen there. Uh, now, Liaz, I would say the the most um, notable thing about Liaz, as far as I can tell, not having watched a huge amount of his games, uh, that is that he has the dankest Twitter, actually. I, I would say he has the dankest Twitter out of any CSGO pro uh, I have observed. And um, I think at some point I've mentioned his dank Twitter and the fact that um, perhaps his dank Twitter will be subject at some point to the rigmarole of a PR team once he joins a team of a higher caliber. So uh, uh, let's fingers crossed if that 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 will not happen. I'd say that the guy has his head down right now trying to justify his signing. But if they start doing all right and Renegades start, uh, you know, getting some Ws and Old Mate relaxes, we're going to get some juicy content. I call, I call him Old Mate, but he's a young rooster. I think he's 23 or something, 22, 21. I have no idea. Actually, interestingly enough, Liquipedia does not mention his age. So as of now, in the Counter-Strike world, he is an ageless creature. He has transcended space and time. Um, now, what, is, what this has meant for the core, Nifty going out, uh, Azza is now in the IGL role, or AZR, AZR, whatever you want to call him. Aaron Ward. Wardy, that's what I call him. Uh, he has been with them for three years. So about time he stepped up, became a captain, took over some uh, in-game leading duties. Now let's get on to Nifty. Nifty has gone to Team Envy, who've started a new roster. And uh, this new roster is mostly made up of ex-Splice members. So this is a bit of a uh, step to the side from Envy, if you recall. They were the all-French team only, what, two months ago? I think they disbanded. Anyway, the uh, ex-Splice members who, whom they've added include Drone, Semphis, Cutler, and Ellie, the coach, E-L-E-Y. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, but they also have JDM64. Uh, I like to use his full name because that's his full name, JDM64, a.k.a. Josh Marzano. And uh, Drone, if you don't know much about him, he's been around since 2015. He was a Splice boy. Semphis has been playing a lot longer than that since 2009. He's Canadian. Cutler's been around since 2000 and. Oh, I think, I think twelve. But um, interesting to note about Cutler, dude's going to turn thirty in November, so he is no spring chicken. Um, I'm not sure what this uh, roster is going to hope to uh, accomplish for NV. And it's interesting to see Nifty go and uh, join up with all of these older dudes because it doesn't seem like he's sort of stepped into as much of an upgrade as he might have hoped. I actually think his reputation is probably better than he deserves. He's a, a, a very nice, friendly, personable dude. As I've mentioned before, I don't think he's as good a player as he gets credit for. Um, and part of that probably is the fact that he's so good at his own PR. Anyway, we've also got JDM, uh, as you all know, as the uh, XCLG, then Liquid player, a.k.a. the Lounge Lizard. Um, and I didn't think he was doing very well in his last few months in Liquid either. So... Uh, 
I mean, I'd like to think that uh, Nifty's um, found himself a, a new breath of life and all these players slot together in a configuration that gives them some success. But it doesn't seem like there's the ingredients there for uh, a new upstart player in the NAC. And especially we've got teams like Complexity and NRG really giving the T1 players, uh, T1 teams a run for their money right now. Um, it's, it's worth noting, finally, sorry, I should mention for Renegades, just, just hopping back to them a bit, Cassard. The uh, coach has come back. Cassard went off and did a three-month stint with, I think they were called, um, what were they called? I forget what they were called. They have Hunter in the team, uh, Nico's cousin. Anyway, they didn't do too well while he was there. He has come back somewhat ignominiously, at least from the outside. Uh, he was a sort of a surprise addition suddenly when they appeared at Star Series Season 6, and it appears that he will be in the roster again permanently. So it would seem... Old Mate had a little bit of an issue with the players who were currently on the roster. Perhaps it was Nifty, perhaps it was Eustillo. Either way, <clears throat> with the addition of these two new Australian players, Cassard's back and maybe the ceiling will rise for Renegades. It's, it would be about time, would it not? All right, let's move on to Fnatic. All right, Fnatic have benched Draken and they've signed Twist. Now, Drakey Boy was doing a bit of spicy memeing on Twitter, bit of uh, a bit of chilly bants recently. Uh, it's not not clear to me whether that's why he's been uh, benched or not, but I suspect there was a clash of personalities. Twist, you might recall, was the uh, actually actually played for Fnatic uh, for a very short stint about a year and a half ago as part of the Godsent Shuffle. He's been around since 2012. Apparently, he's been playing better recently. Apparently, he's looking good. As an AWPA, um, it doesn't seem to me like a change that will make any huge difference to the sort of vague, grey, porridge, Counter-Strike that these guys have been playing since their edition of Exist. And um, you know what's strange to me as well? Considering Fnatic released their academy team earlier this year, it is very strange that they have not brought any new blood to the roster because they actually had two Swedes on that team, Alex and Meadow. And... Um, Look, the conclusion I can draw from this, being the uh, master of (laughs) correlative conclusions um, in the CSGO community, uh, JW and Crims, I think, probably have a lack of patience for younger players. And and this is a scenario I would I would imagine it plays out in. If you have a bad game and your date JW and Draken has also a bad game, you can point to Draken and go, well... I might have had a bad game as well, but I have five trophies in the cabinet. What do you have? Get off my team. So uh, what perhaps um, I think this team should do, and this is pure fantasy football here, is 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 just ditch. It just it just just ditch completely getting in these sort of other middle tier players who've been around as long as you but don't have the achievements and just try and build your own sort of phase matching super team because I don't know whether you'd actually be able to get JW, Crimson, Olaf back together again. I think the problems were between those guys. But if you were, I can see JW, Crims, Guardian, Olaf and Carrigan becoming a super team that would match... Uh, Astralis perhaps at the moment um, and then <laughs> then you might get Rain Nico, Cold Zero, Simple and Sticko which is obviously the super team we all want to see uh, to challenge uh, Astralis um, I, look you know what like you know what's fun about these sort of super team ideas 
is because, and I think we, the reason we, we're doing it more, more, more recently, at least I've noticed it happening a lot more in the community, is because Astralis are so far ahead of everybody in terms of their preparation, their strategy, and their team play that it's almost like imagining a team to catch up to them at this point is, is sort of six months in the future, you know? It's just it's just not going to happen overnight. And so, it's more fun to imagine just chucking what it might be like to just chuck a bunch of really, really skilled individual players together and see if they could actually manage to wreck Astralis in that way. Um, but let's move on from Fnatic. I, I, I don't know what, why they didn't pick up some um, academy players. If, if my assumptions weren't correct about JW and Crimson's egos, then I don't know why they did that. And, and they've still got Scream as a stand-in as well, which just, just seems a bit bizarre to me. Um, although I, did, I would mention when Scream was... What was he playing as? Um, what was the name of their weird team that played in the major? Um, not 3D Max. I forget. It was the most ridiculous name. He did actually look quite good. He was actually putting up good numbers. So Scream is not the problem with this team, but to keep him in, even on a stand-in basis, just seems a bit bizarre. Why not try your luck with a, with a young dude? All right, let's move on. I'm not going to do my little musical sting because I don't have much to say about the last two teams, which is Gambit and Mouseboards. Gambit said that Hobbit was going to be off the off the roster after ESL One New York, but um, they have brought him back just when I thought I was out. He's back in the team for the current uh, tournament, Star Series. I think they've actually been knocked out of Star Series at this point. It's not clear to me why uh, Hobbit decided to stay on the team or whether he uh, whether he couldn't find another team to jump to or whether Gambit could not get rid of him. Either way, they got the band back together for one star performance. And actually, it's they the, the statement they put out was sort of unclear as to whether he would stay on the roster um, going ahead as well. I don't know where Hobbit should end up. I, I'm not sure that I agree with people that um, he should be replacing Edward on Na'Vi. Perhaps I even made that suggestion myself a couple of podcasts ago. But thinking about it now, I'm not quite sure. I think the guy's younger than Edward. He's hungrier than Edward. Edward uh, plays a bit of a supportive role. Hobbit, I don't think, is a supportive uh, a player. And um, <clears throat> I'd, I'd rather see him doing what he does best. Uh, but you you don't want to see him you don't want to see him kind of step sideways to a flip side at this point. So I don't know, I don't know. Let me know if you have any ideas. Mouse Sports now uh, have, um, according to a report put out by Nell, the French reporter on Flickshot, I think yesterday or today, uh, they've gotten together behind the back of Snacks, the uh, Polish player who came in to replace Stiko, and they've discussed removing him and maybe putting Stiko back in. So this is a bit of a uh, <coughs> Romanesque coup, perhaps, if you consider that Snacks was the king, although he was not. He was a... Uh, well, it was weird, wasn't it? The move was always weird because Sticko, as we know, was a very supportive player. And he's come out and described his role actually on Mouse Sports as being even more supportive than we thought. Princess going down mid and dying and then basically communicating in lieu of other players who are still alive, which we've all done at some point in matchmaking. But this guy seemed to be doing it Basically every round on mouse sports. Anyway, they've gotten they've gotten behind uh, Snacks's back, which is uh, not a sign of a healthy team at all. Now Snacks has not put up the kind of numbers we were hoping Snacks would put up. I think he's averaged I think like nine point nine four or something as his um as his HLTV rating since he's been in, and it's only been about three months. But they haven't done as well as we would have hoped. Now 
the bizarre thing is that this this cut might come just after having won ESL One New York. They have, um, I think, I think it's really possibly because it's on the back of getting knocked out at the current Star Series and having the uh, run of events that weren't as as good before that, <clears throat> and also possibly because of the communication issue. Uh, Snacks is English isn't quite as good as some of the other players in the team. And um, I, I don't know about putting Sticko back in. I've mentioned this before when you minus a player from a team and then put him back in. It's a little bit like your girlfriend breaking up with you and then wanting to get back together six months later. It's a, if, if you're game for it, it's a very difficult uh, adjustment because the dynamic has changed, right? The trust is gone. And... Um, <clears throat> It's a very long process to regain that trust. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And if Mouseworts are going to make a change that uh, will change, will you know, will, will shift their fortunes overnight, then bringing Sticko back is probably not going to be it. Um, now, moving on from the news. So, uh, as I mentioned, I got a bit burnt out by the <clears throat> by the major. Um, I did manage to have a few days away in New Zealand, just recovering, just uh, getting some good sleep. You know, interestingly enough, uh, I did have a very good sleep in New Zealand on the first day I was there. My 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 first good sleep in a long time, and um, you know what I noticed when I had like it was like it was like twelve hours of sleep. I woke up and I didn't actually feel like uh, the same sort of uh, dull hunger for the previous addictions that had been running my life in some way. I didn't feel like playing video games. I didn't feel like smoking. I didn't even feel like eating uh, junk food. I was actually just quite happy to sort of get on with the things I wanted to do, which makes me um, makes me think that... Uh, sleep habits and sleep patterns although they sort of are often caused by our addictions and in particular if you're sitting up playing video games until midnight you may have enough sort of that light and that uv exposure going through your retina into your brain to sort of keep you up longer than you usually would but i never thought about it as potentially being more of a chicken and egg scenario whereby you stay up because of your addictions, but also the fact that you're staying up means that you need that uh, feedback from the addiction activity in the first place. <clears throat> and I guess part of it might be really, really uh, pertinent with video games as an addiction because I think with video games, it's so tightly tied into our idea of our own capability. And... Um, to sort of explain that, when you're a teenager, you might have a very very set idea about, a very clear idea about your capability in the world and what it is you want to accomplish and what it is you're going to achieve. And um, I think when you get to the age of 30 and beyond, you really only sort of really get the lay of the land, I think, properly. And obviously, this is not the case with everybody, but I think what I've noticed with me and my friends in, in their 30s is that it's kind of the first time you sort of get to enough of a peak that you go, all right, okay, this is this is kind of how I how I relate to the world actually. And this is kind of how I uh, <clears throat> where my capabilities lie. And this is the extent of what I can do in the world. And a lot of those horizons that 
sort of seemed limitless when you were in your teens actually uh, become quite finite in some ways. And, and, and that can be very freeing in many ways uh, because, well, you know yourself a lot better and your options shrink down, which actually doesn't sound like it's freeing. But let, let me tell you, it is because you are you're no longer faced with the tyranny of choice that can be so tormenting and anxiety-provoking. Uh, <clears throat> but it also means that... Um, it also means that you might not be getting... You might you might be putting more value in your in the lack of capability that you have compared to what you thought you might have had, and this is where I think video games become especially pernicious when you're in your thirties, um, as opposed to when you're you maybe in your teens or your twenties when you're still sort of forming what you're doing, and and why I think it's tied so tightly is because unlike other addictions like smoking or like um, you know playing the poker machines or um, eating eating chocolate you feel that uh, you are getting some sense of progress and some validation as as to your skill or your achievement you're getting um, you're getting badges you're getting rank ups you're getting wins um, you're getting ratings when in actual fact the uh, relation to your actual applicable real life skill is either incredibly small or nil. Um, <clears throat> and I think one of the things that, that sleep does, especially, is, is, is really help give you back that sense of capability. <clears throat> or at least in my case, it's like the process that occurs during sleep, um, which as far as I know, there's quite a few things it does, but um, one of them is kind of clearing out the dead blood cells that are, that are built up in your brain so making you able to think clearer and and make connections in your brain a little bit quicker and if i had uh, had more sleep last night i'd probably be a little more eloquent in <laughs> in this whole podcast than i am currently but um <clears throat> what it also means as well is that because you can act think clearer and access parts of your brain a lot quicker you feel more capable therefore what tra- that, that translates into uh, less self-esteem uh, sorry, more self-esteem. So if we think of what our impression of our capability is, is basically the same thing as having self-esteem. You automatically have self-esteem. And I've never really kind of uh, made a connection between sleep and self-esteem. But um, I actually think it's it's more important than I'd considered. So anyway, look, I, had, I hadn't really made any conclusions about this. It was simply something I was thinking about over the last few days. Now, finally, just a little bit of miscellany. I've been uh, doing some articles on Counter-Strike for Fandom. I made a mind at Fandom, reached out to see if I wanted to do some things about Counter-Strike. And uh, they're not out yet, but they will be in the future. One of the ones I'm most excited about is comparing the five roles in Counter-Strike to the five big personality traits. And I think I'll do an episode on this later on. Um, it sounds like wishful thinking, but uh, I think there's actually something in there. Now, if you're not quite sure exactly what I'm talking about, the five big personality traits are some very well-accepted a uh, way of classifying human beings in the world of current psychology. And apparently we can all be classified into five big traits and variations therein of said traits. They are extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism, openness, and conscientiousness. And genius that I am, I recognize that there are also five roles in Counter-Strike. They are AWPA, IGL, Lurker, Entry Fragger, and Support. And actually... If you lay these over the top of each other, they they uh, correspond quite well. And I think the uh, interesting thing about doing this is that 
if you can identify which of the personality traits uh, you most exhibit, and it's quite easy to do this, you can do online tests to work it out, you might actually be able to go, well, which Counter-Strike position is more suited for me when I'm playing five-man teams? And if you know exactly what role that you most enjoy and you don't know which uh, big five personality traits you most exhibit, you might actually be able to go, well, this is probably what I exhibit the most. For instance, if I am, let's say, an extrovert, um, or let's say an an, an agreeableness is my highest trait, I'm more likely to be a support player and vice versa. So I'll go into more detail in that in a future episode and look for that article coming out in fandom in the future. Um, I will also say there are a couple of people who emailed me at my old email address, the truth, um, I think the Gmail one. In fact, I think my website is still uh, linked to that, but uh, apologies to those who I didn't get back to. You now know I've gotten back to you. And in fact, if you want to email me in the future, it's the truth at the truth CSGO.com. Um, <clears throat> finally, I want to do a little uh, shout out to uh, <coughs> a funny review on Steam that I'd screenshotted probably from like six months ago, but I found it on my computer. Uh, this was a review of Counter-Strike on Steam and it made me giggle. Uh, and here, here it goes. Valve's Depression Quest is a masterfully crafted simulation of what it feels like to be a depressed Russian. 11 out of 10. And the Steam user is called uh, Deep in My Butt. Um, <laughs> on that note, let's end this uh, podcast. Oh, I finally will note, um, I'm going to give away a skin. I don't know what skin I'm going to do. Probably an SG because they're cheap again and I, and I quite enjoy them. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a skin that, that you'd like me to give away, let me know. Otherwise, I'm just going to pick something basically random, randomly. Uh, maybe something, something with a stat track. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, if you want to get in touch, yeah, the truth of the truth CSGO, as I said, contact me on Twitter at the truth CSGO. There's a Discord on there as well. Um, or you can visit the website, thetruthcsgo.com. All right. Uh, gambling episode coming out next week keep your eyes peeled until next time enjoy the game